0: For those of you who are currently struggling with mental health issues, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and or eating disorders, please know this is a trigger warning. You may not feel comfortable listening to this episode. I do talk about some things that might hit maybe a little bit too close to home, so just be mindful at any point in this episode, if you feel you should click off, please feel free to do so. Hello everyone, welcome back to Macro Magic with Michelle. I am your host, Michelle Williams also known as the Freedom Fairy, on YouTube, TikTok, and Patreon. So, today is a really cool episode. It's the start of a new series I thought of last night when I couldn't sleep. That's when, that is, people, that is why I can't sleep sometimes, because that is when all the ideas come to me. It's crazy, but... I had this idea last night to do a series about all the medications I have taken in my life that I can remember and that have left a more lasting impression on me through my experience. And I've been wanting to share my experience with medication in more detail for years. There's just so much to say, <laughs> um, and I feel like at some point I should put this in a book somehow, but I was just really excited to do the series. So basically what's going to happen is that each episode in this series is going to highlight one medication, how, how I how my life led up to me taking that medication, who prescribed it to me, the dosage amount, what the pill looked like, how I felt using it, how I got off of it, and pertinent stories surrounding that medication. So today, I am going to talk to you about the first psychiatric drug I was ever prescribed that I ever took. Prozac, so the year is 2006, I was 15 years old, summertime, I have to keep some of these characters anonymous, just because I feel that this is my story, but it's also their story. So I'm going to describe certain people in so many words, and I hope that the story is still understandable. Um, so basically, one of the main characters in my life, especially in my childhood, not not to some extent today, but mostly in my childhood, somebody in my family who I really really felt connected to. Probably the most connected to growing up. I looked at this person as a role model, as my hero. I love them so much, but I didn't know, as children don't always know, (laughs) the full extent of what what someone is going through. So this person in my, in my life, she had always shown signs of anguish. She always had erratic behavior. But when I was a little girl, I, I knew she was struggling, but I didn't really know what it was. All I knew is that she would say things sometimes that really didn't make any sense to me. And I just wanted to give her love. I'm gonna cry. I just wanted to give her so much love. But because of what she was going through, what she had been through, you know, she didn't only, most of the time, it seemed like she wanted nothing to do with me. And I felt like I was, I was the problem. I was a pest to her. And it was very hurtful. And I would even say this was emotional abuse, and a huge part, a huge part of my struggle as a child, and a very important part even today, I think. So, when I was 15 years old, summer 2006, this person checked themselves into a mental hospital. She had tried to kill herself and had the inclination to ask for help, and so she ended up in the mental hospital. And that's when we found out she had all these struggles, all these mental health issues. A lot of diagnoses, pretty much every, every, <laughs> every psychiatric diagnosis you can imagine, she Was diagnosed with and it was a huge huge wake up call to me because in one way I felt how can I how could I have not helped her and in another way it was like well what she's going through all her stuff seems a lot like my stuff so it kind of planted in this, the seed in me, like, maybe something's going on with me. And before that, I didn't really think anything was wrong with me, even though I, I had already been practicing my eating disorder. I was already anxious and depressed, and I could, you know... But I didn't know anything was wrong with me, because I kind of always felt like I had these things. So I didn't think it was really a problem. And mind you, I... Still I still, I was very in my eating disorder, so I didn't even think like anything's wrong what I'm doing with my food, with my exercise, so it just planted the seed, just to have me questioning, is something going on with me, and throughout that summer, I just was just very aware of what she was going through, and I started to be very aware of what The similarities with me. And it got to a point um, in school, uh, fall, fall 2006, now, where I was felt really tired. Was it because I was starving myself? Hmm. Or was it more than that? (laughs) I mean, not eating is enough to make you feel tired, but. Yeah, so I just felt very, very tired all the time, and I was, you know, I was a ballet dancer, I loved to dance, I took so many classes um, after school, I took classes in school, so I was very physically active, Um, I needed to have energy, and I just felt really tired all the time, on top of, of course, feeling depressed and all these intrusive thoughts but back then I again I didn't think those were a problem I thought that was just me but what I did notice is that I was very tired always tired and so I started to that's when I started to drink coffee and I would come home from school you know 3 p.m and I would pour the extra coffee that my dad had made my dad is a huge coffee drinker always has been still is and so there would be leftover coffee in the coffee pot, a lot of coffee. <laughs> and so I'd get the biggest cup I could find in our in our house, and I'd pour all the coffee into that cup. And then I'd pour my fat-free milk, and then I'd pour, like, a million packets of Splenda or Sweet and Low, and I'd throw some ice in there, and I would drink that every day after school. <laughs> Did not help with me feeling tired I still felt tired and it was a huge problem for me and so I just kind of thought maybe I should get myself checked out with this mental health awareness now in me with me feeling so tired coffee is not it felt like coffee did nothing it just felt like coffee was like just like a sweet drink, like it didn't, you know, so, and I wanted to be a professional ballerina, how could I be a professional ballerina, push myself, you know, exert my energy to the fullest potential when I had no energy, when I just wanted to sleep all day, and um, so I approached my mom, and I feel like she kind of knew, she was probably already thinking to herself, what's going on with the rest of my family if this family member has had this huge breakthrough with her illness, with her health. She was probably already thinking, what else is happening here? And so when I approached my mom, I just said, um, I feel really tired. (laughs) I didn't say I feel sad. I want to kill myself. I have all these feelings. You know, I didn't say any of that. I said, I feel tired. <laughs> and I told her, I asked her, like, can we go to the doctor just, you know, to see if everything's okay? So my mom made an appointment. We went together. And I sat in the waiting room, as you do in doctor's offices. And I I filled out the intake questionnaire that I feel like is very standard no matter where you go for any type of health reason You know just an intake form just to see like your general diet your general lifestyle You know, if you're taking medication, what are your, any symptoms you're feeling, any changes in your life. You guys know what I'm, you guys know what I'm saying. So, um, it was a couple pages long and there were some questions about stress and it was like on a scale of one to 10, how stressed are you on a daily basis? Okay, people, it had numbers one through 10 and you had to circle one you know what i did i wrote oh a, a much larger number i think i put like a thousand or something like that i wrote in my own <laughs> my own um answer okay 10 no i wasn't at a level 10 stress i was a level 1000 okay so i Something I don't remember the exact number, but it was a number I wrote in, and any answer about stress and about like feeling tired and just like energy, everything was like that was what was I felt was really happening with me. So, um, you know, I handed the the, the paperwork back in, and you know, the nurse where the receptionist gave it to the doctor and then eventually the doctor came out asked me to come in and at, at first my mother went in with me to the, to the, to the little doctor's office to the room and um, I didn't say anything I don't think I had said anything I think I was just sitting there and the doctor I think she must have said something a little bit You know, just like, oh, yeah, you guys are here because, you know, Michelle's not feeling well or, you know, whatever. And um, she's like, she asked my mom to leave the room. And this doctor, let me tell you, she was an intern. She was not my regular family doctor. And we had been going to this doctor's office, family practice, for a while. It, was al- it had already been a few years that I was seeing her. Prior to, to this dot family care, I was going to a pediatrician. Oh, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm remembering now. Uh, I had the last visit to the pediatrician's office. I was 15 years old, and that's a whole story I need to tell you guys another time, but it's pretty epic. Um... But, yes, this was actually, might have been the first time, actually, that I I went, now that I'm thinking of it. I don't think it was the first time, because I knew who my doctor was. And, um, so I knew who who that doctor was, but this doctor, she was not a different doctor. And I think she, she was like an intern, like I said, you know, still maybe on her way to getting certified all her degrees and all that stuff and I mean listen friends if you know more about that that world you probably know better than I do (laughs) I'm just saying she wasn't my regular doctor she was much younger and she was Julie her name was Dr. Julie she was a young woman young white woman she had short blonde hair very very beautiful I think and she had she had a gentle demeanor gentle energy I felt comfortable with her probably more comfortable but she was she was a, an Indian lady from India you know had a more strong presence more direct um, still caring but she was just more yang energy more masculine energy but so dr Julie is who I saw this day and when she asked my mother to leave, she said to me, Michelle, uh, I saw here that um, on this question about your stress, uh, you wrote in this number. <laughs> Looking back on it, I laughed. It's so funny. To me, it's funny, okay? But back then you know, as soon as she said that, she's like, she's like, uh, why are you so stressed? She said that. I immediately, I immediately, I immediately started bursting out into tears. That was the answer, I guess, that she was looking for. And she then prescribed me Prozac. That's how it happened. That's exactly how it happened, girl. I said nothing to her, all which she said. She asked me why was I so stressed, busted out in tears half a second later, and she went ahead and wrote me prescription for Prozac. And I don't remember exactly what amount it was for. It could have been 5 milligrams or 10 milligrams. But she wrote me the prescription, and she said, I'm going to write you a prescription for Prozac. And she said, I hope this will help with your anxiety. That was it. And so my mom and I, we drove down the street to Target. (laughs) Dropped off our prescription at the Target pharmacy, and not too long after, I started taking Prozac. And while I guess this wasn't technically a diagnosis, I she said it was for anxiety. I didn't, I I don't think I even heard that word before, and if I did, I don't, I. Had no idea what it meant, <laughs> you know, uh, and I just started taking it. Um, I had known that there was a book out there called Prozac Nation, and I know on some TV shows that I was watching, you know, there'd be an episode where a character, you know, talked about Prozac, or, you know, maybe there was like a an episode where a guest character was on there and said oh yeah I take Prozac or something like that um, so I I heard that medication before in some way and I knew that it was from my from my limited knowledge I knew that it was supposed to help with depression feeling sad which I was very depressed and really sad Um. But once again, I didn't think it was a problem because I felt like this my whole life, basically. And um, I just, you know, was like, okay, well, this is what my doctor said I needed. Okay, I'm going to take it. You know, I don't really know anything about it except for this limited knowledge. And with seeing my um, family member now taking medication, you know, it, it felt normal to me in a way. And it also felt like, well, if this is how she's getting help, maybe this is how I'm going to get help. So it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but I, in a way I knew it was because now I was take, I was taking medication every day. I had to. And if I didn't, it was going to be a problem. Um, you know, because that's how it was prescribed. Take it every day. And just seeing like uh, my older grandparents you know they took a lot of medication um, and I saw them you know all their all their pills they had to take I mean they didn't make it known they didn't openly talk about it but I did see their pill cases I did see how many bottles they had um, and that's for health reasons I'm not going to get into right now but um, I just knew that taking your medication was important, that's what I grew up with, and, um, so, so I just knew that it wasn't a big deal in a way, because it was normalized, but it was a big deal in another way, because it's like, now I have to be on top of this, this is something I have to do, maintain every day, this is for my health, you know, um, and, uh, I just wanted to get better. And I didn't really care, really, at that point, how that happened. I just wanted to get better. Um, and so I felt like it was important to let people in authority know what was going on with me. And it wasn't like as soon as I got, as soon as I took those medications, I didn't go march up to my teacher's. In dance and at school and tell them hey I'm taking Prozac because I have anxiety it wasn't like that I just had this sense of like if these people in authority ask me something I should let them know what's happening so I was a part of my high school dance team but it wasn't called Dance Team and it wasn't really a dance team. It was just a group of dancers who were more advanced. And we got to do special things just like cheerleaders got to do. We got to do special performances. And um, so it was like kind of, it was a big deal to me at the time. And it was kind of a big deal, you know, at school because that's one of our. Aspects of extracurriculars that our school had to offer. So, of course, you know, our school—I think all schools are, are proud of all the extracurriculars that they offer. So, anyway, I just knew that, you know, we, we had to get special costumes and uniforms, and we got to do special things, um, special field trips, and all kinds of stuff. So, it was, it was a good program, and I just felt like very honored to be in that in that group of. Of students and so that like I said this was the beginning of school so when my dance teacher had us fill out like waivers you know for different field trips that we were gonna go on and different things it had you know the basic like emergency contact you know phone number and it also had a section about if you have any health conditions if you require any medications and your doctor's phone number and, what you know, that stuff. That's important, you know, in emergencies, especially if you're doing any kind of sport, something physical, something can happen. And it's very important to know that information. So I wrote down my special condition was anxiety. I take this medication called Prozac this is my doctor, doctor, and I handed that paperwork in, not really thinking too much of it, just thinking like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do, someone asks me a question, I tell them the truth, that is how I've been my whole life, people, <laughs> that, is, that is something, it's, it's gotten me in trouble sometimes, but um, yeah, I, if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm gonna to try to be as nice as I can about it, but yeah, I'm gonna tell you the truth. So, I, I didn't think anything of it, I just thought that's what you're supposed to do when someone asks you these types of questions, you're honest. And especially someone, your teacher, someone who's uh, an authority figure, someone who's supposed to look after you in a way, who's in charge of you while you're at school and doing these activities. You know, um, why wouldn't you tell tell your coach that you're taking medication It's just, you know what I mean? So, and I didn't feel anything like I had to hide because I just thought this is just a medical condition. That was the extent to my knowledge. I didn't think anything of it. Like I said, especially because someone in my family is going through this right now. And, you know, I just didn't feel any, any um, hesitancy. In, in sharing that, so not too long after a day or two, not too long after that, my dance teacher calls me up to the window um, of the locker room, and I, I go inside the office, and she asks me about it, and and I was kind of surprised and startled, and at this age, I was. I was now 16 years old. I I still felt really intimidated by authority. Very like I I was such so nervous and so emotional all the time. I was like a bubble ready to burst at any given moment throughout the day. So any little breeze would have popped popped my bubble and I would have started exploding in tears exploding in emotion and most most of the time it was sadness and you know so she asked me about it and I felt like I was in trouble I felt like I did something wrong like I shouldn't have said that what did I do oh my god Why I didn't mean for this to be a whole thing where she has to call me into her office and talk to me privately and I was like oh my god And she asked me, like, um, if I was seeing a therapist. And I never thought about that. It never crossed my mind. It was never mentioned to me. I didn't think I really needed it. (laughs) Um, It was just like, I never, it just never crossed my mind. Therapy, it never crossed my mind. So, I said no, and she was like, "Well, now that I know you take medication for um, this medication and for this reason, it's it's the law that teachers have to do something about it. Like, if you know a child is struggling with something like this, again, people, I don't know the whole thing. If you're a teacher." If, if you work in in law you probably understand what I'm saying better than I can explain it but she said that she had to contact the school um, therapist and that I had if I wasn't already in therapy that I had to see the school therapist so I said okay <laughs> I was like okay whatever like cool I didn't think like after that I didn't think like now i'm gonna do therapy you know or like i didn't think she's asking me if i want to do therapy i just took it for what she said she's like i'm just gonna let the therapist know you know that you're taking medication and that you exist and this is what you're going through so i was like okay whatever I i was like oh cool that's it cool all right not not so bad so i went about my life my regular my regular life and um Again, not too long after that, uh, I don't remember exactly how it all happened, but I started seeing the school therapist in school. And she would... um, I guess there was a note written to uh, one of my teachers, my fourth period class, and it was like every, every Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it was, Um, I guess like a little bit into fourth period I don't remember maybe half an hour in or something like that 15 minutes in um, that I would be excused and I would go to the therapist's office and we'd have a session together and so that started happening um, for a while a few months and probably from, like, fall time to, uh, like, early spring, and this is how our, our sessions would go. She'd ask me a question, and my answer was either, I don't know, or I'm fat now friends I don't like to use that word I say it's the f word I don't like to use that word in my life but back then that was a big part of my vocabulary <laughs> probably the main word <laughs> um so any question she asked me Michelle how are you feeling today I don't know oh do you feel anything today I feel fat oh why do you feel why do you feel that way I don't know do you feel sad? I don't know. (laughs) Like everything was, I don't know. Everything had to do with me being fat, with me losing weight. It was like for months, every session was this way. And, um, I feel like she felt like she wasn't making much progress with me, which I mean, if I was in her place, I would also think that, (laughs) um, so she then, uh, you know, recommended that I start seeing her after school, and that my mother start coming to therapy sessions. So I started seeing her after school. Um, Once again, you know, I was really involved with dance. I had a lot of classes I was taking after school. Um, I also was involved in, you know, different productions and shows. I had rehearsals. On top of that, you know, I was I was a very good student very on top of my homework and all my projects um this is a classic classic uh personality who has an eating disorder especially anorexic eating disorder which we're getting to in just a few seconds so uh once again the progress i was making with that therapist after school wasn't going anywhere same thing I remember she asked me one time. I think this was kind of her her realization for me. She asked me, "Michelle, you always talk about how you want to lose weight. How much weight do you think you should lose?" And I told her like uh I told her I think 70 pounds. I think that's what I told her. And at the time, I mean, I don't have a scale. But I was probably like 120, 115, maybe even 110, around that range. Um, so I wanted to lose 70 pounds. And once again, just to give you a clear picture, I'm like 5'2", 5'3", 5'2 half. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just just imagine what that would look like if I, if I, you know, my frame that weight and minus 70 pounds okay um, and so I think that is what made her realize something is really going on with this girl and I don't think I can help her right now because but, I mean I'm sure she wanted me to have a clear diagnosis but she didn't really understand this exact issue as well as she did maybe some others so she sent me to a eating disorder specialist who actually now I mean this whole story with this eating disorder specialist is very I had a lot of I wanted to avoid her as much as possible um you'll hear more in this journey why but now I really wonder where she is I actually would like to talk to her because she was a very interesting lady, but at the time I was very afraid of her. And I think I read somewhere, I heard somewhere that sometimes when people are healers, they scare the people who need healing. Some, some people who need healing. And I think that was going on with me and this um, eating disorder specialist. So, uh, I went to her. This is all, we're gonna still talk, we're still talking about Prozac, okay? It's all connected. Um, I went to see this eating disorder specialist, and I didn't really think, once again, anything of it, because I didn't think I had an eating disorder. I didn't think anything was really wrong with me. I still thought, like, I just don't have a lot of energy, and... I'm just sad all the time but I'm always sad and I've always been sad so I don't see what the problem is (laughs) you know like it wasn't it wasn't like I was this happy-go-lucky girl and then all of a sudden I was sad it just I was always sad my whole life so I didn't think it was a problem and I definitely didn't think I had an eating disorder because I thought I was overweight and I used the f-word a lot f-a-t I used that word a lot I just didn't You know, there wasn't much awareness about eating disorders. And if there was, it was very limited perspective. Like, everyone who has an eating disorder is emaciated, thin, looks like a supermodel, like all this stuff. I did not look like that. In most of my journey with my eating disorder, to any average person looking at me, they would have thought, oh, she's just a healthy girl. Because I wasn't, my weight. For most of that time wasn't extreme one way or the other there were there were some years where it was extreme thinness and there were times where it's extreme being overweight but most of the time I was like mid-range you couldn't really tell um, in that context so I went to this specialist she asked me once again all these kind of intake questions that are very typical and common when you first see a therapist. Um, You know, just, you know, how do you feel? You know, like, do you, what's your, what's your, um, how do you feel most of the time? Like, do you have trouble sleeping? How's your appetite? And just very common and basic. And one of the common and basic questions they ask you in therapy is, have you ever thought about hurting yourself or others? And my answer to that was yes. And she asked me which it was. Did I think about hurting myself? Did I think about hurting others? And at that time i currently did not feel i felt like prozac was helping me in the way that i no longer had those feelings of wanting to kill myself i had those feelings a lot of the time a lot of the time i had those feelings for years i had those feelings i had those thoughts i had plans i had attempted but when i started taking prozac that stopped. That stopped. In those months of me taking Prozac, and then eventually doing the therapy, and now getting to this point with this therapist, it's now it's now uh, spring 2007. I no longer had those thoughts. I no longer had those feelings. Was I still depressed? Yeah. Was I still practicing my eating disorder? 1000%. Like, but the thing that did get better is that I no longer had those feelings of suicide. And I should mention to you guys, which I, I haven't gotten into too much because I still feel like there's a lot of judgment and lack of understanding, lack of empathy for people who have feelings about hurting others. There's a, Just saying that right now, I feel like there are a lot of people out there who now have a completely different image of me. But that is something I want to help everyone out there understand better. And I think me telling you my story will help you understand your story and those people around you and the people that we immediately Judge as bad because they felt some type of way at some point in their life. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to share too much about that, but that's what I, I'm going to include in this story because it's a very important part of the story. So I told her, yes, I thought about killing myself. Yes, I thought about hurting others. The next question after that, if you answer yes to either one, is usually, did you have a plan? Did you have a plan to hurt yourself? Did you have a plan to hurt others? Yes to both. Yes, I had plans. Yes, I felt both of those ways. And yes, I had plans. Then she asked me, do I feel that way now? No. No, I did not feel like hurting myself. I did not feel like hurting others. I did not have those thoughts. I didn't have those feelings. I mean, I didn't think about those plans. I didn't revisit that. It was just not part of my daily life at that point. Thanks to Prozac. Thanks to that little bit of Prozac, five milligrams, 10 milligrams. And I told her, I said, no. And I really think I told her this from the horse's mouth. Literally, I am a horse. I was born the year of the horse in 1990. I literally told her, I really feel like Prozac is helping me because I don't feel like that anymore, and I don't think those things anymore. And I, and I told her, I said, that's the most noticeable change I have. And honestly, people looking back on it, that is the most no, noticeable change I had. I didn't notice any other side effects. I mean, I'm sure I might have had them, but I just wasn't aware. But the, the, the thing that I noticed for sure back then and to this day is that Prozac helped me with those thoughts of harming myself and harming others. So that's, that's that. And um, I mean, that's the story of my, of Prozac. And um, I have a lot of expanded wisdom and experience now um, in regards to and in, in regards to mental health and my eating disorder and my own journey, my experience, medication in general, um, using food to heal, all this stuff, therapy, I have so much more wisdom and experience now. Would I say, that I, get, I get this question a lot, like, do I recommend people to take medication, And people ask me um, just a lot about that, that kind of thing. And, I mean, this could be a whole other podcast, but I don't recommend medication. I recommend a lot of other things before medication. And you'll hear in the next episodes with other medications I've had, not just for mental health, I'm also going to include for my acne because that was a huge part of my life. I'm also going to include birth control. Um, I do believe there is a time and a place for medication. And also, everything happens for a reason. Your journey is unique and specific for you. And everything in your life is supposed to happen in the past the way that it happened I really believe that because you were supposed to learn something from that it's a part of your life experience it's a part of your journey it's a part of your gift to this world and me taking that little bit of Prozac those first few months that I took it did help me do if if someone out here is like Michelle I am thinking about taking Prozac what I say yeah girl go for it no I would try to talk to them get a big better understanding of where they are and from there if they're open to trying other things I would encourage trying other things before medication not just Prozac any medication and but the truth is, at that time in my life, I didn't know any better. That's just how the perfect storm was created. <laughs> that's, you know, that's just how it happened. And it did help me. Um, to kind of wrap up that, that story without going on into a whole other thing. Actually, the next episode, we'll talk about my next medication. Um, Ativan. Uh, But this, to end this Prozac story is going to bleed into the next medication story, Ativan. But, um, so what ended up happening is that after that session, I guess the, uh, eating disorder specialist, her name was Big Blind. And she didn't, she asked me, probably the first question she asked me is like, um, do you want to ask me about my blindness? Because her eyes did look really different. And she had a seeing eye dog. So it was a very unique experience. Um, But anyway, I, I didn't want to make her feel uncomfortable, even though she was asking me about it. I'm sure she didn't feel uncomfortable. But I'm sure she was doing that to help me feel more comfortable. But I thought... I didn't want to put her in a bad situation. So I said, no, I don't want to ask you about your blindness. I don't want to ask. (laughs) You know, but looking back on it now, I would love to know. And just so you guys know, this eating disorder specialist actually had an eating disorder. And that's how she became an eating disorder specialist. I didn't want to know her story once again because I think... I just wasn't even comfortable with my own story. So I just didn't want to hear it. Um, But so anyway, so I guess she had talked to my mother separately and she, oh, actually, no, my mother came in, I think. And that's when she gave me the diagnosis, eating disorder, not otherwise specified. And now they changed that diagnosis. It's something else. I don't know what it is. Because I don't have an eating disorder anymore. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, basically what that meant was that I just did a lot of different behaviors. um, So they couldn't classify me as just anorexic, just bulimic, just binge eater. You know, I was basically did all of them. (laughs) Um, So that's how I, I got that diagnosis. But I didn't believe her. When she said that, I said, yeah, right. I don't have an eating disorder. I mean, I didn't say that to her, but I thought that to myself. I was like, I'm not thin. I'm the F word. This lady doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) This eating disorder specialist does not know what she's talking about. She had an eating disorder. She's this older woman. She's blind. She probably has a higher perception with her intuition. This lady doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, yeah, so I, I just didn't really take it seriously at all. And then the next day before school, my mother said, oh, um, and she said she wants you to stop by, which was a mental hospital in our, in our city. Um and uh she said she wants us to stop by there so they could ask you questions and i thought like cool another specialist cool another you know therapist psychiatrist whatever you know i was just like whatever i didn't think much of it okay um and that's where the next story will begin next time in the series michelle and medications Macrobiotics and medications, my journey in the psychiatric drug spiral. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned for next week. We'll, we'll be talking about Ativan and what what that how that medication came to be in my life and all of the things that went with that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. This podcast is made possible in part by the patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy, where you can also sign up and become a supporter. To get a personalized reading from me, visit my Etsy shop, Not Your Average Card. You can click the link in the description of this episode. If you like what I have to share, please rate, five stars, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Your ears and your attention are appreciated. Think differently and live peacefully.